25 yards downfield. Murray back to throw. Flushed out. Rolling left in trouble. Slips a tackle. Got to launch it. He does. Left side. Into the end zone. Jump ball. And it is. Is it caught? Is it caught? Oh, my goodness. It's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown with one second left. I can't believe it. You've got to be joking me. Hopkins reaches up with three defenders around him and pulls it in. And the Cardinals lead it 32 to 30. With a Alright, this is going to be episode four of the podcast with me and Joel. We're still floating around a couple names. Um, over the weekend, I think we got what was it? Cover four. We've we've had cover four. We've had uh, the fade route. Run, run after the catch. The fade route. Run after catch. Run after catch. Okay. Are you ready to settle on one? I, I'm still kind of juggling them. Yeah, I'm still kind of juggling. I don't feel I don't feel great about one, but again, one of those could grow on me. Uh, yeah. I appreciate the feedback on uh, on a couple of the names, but uh, to really hone in on one, I think we got to feel it. You know, can't just no. be something you know you kind of settle on. So, no, I'd say by episode six or seven, maybe in a couple of weeks, we can definitely come in on one. Maybe get some merch, some hats, some shirts, maybe yeah, a little sweater. Like you get a, maybe a koozie. I know Jacob out there listening. Huge koozie guy. But yeah, so that's going to lead into episode four of our podcast. First, we're going to talk about the Ravens, and then we're going to talk some Raiders, and then some. No Cowboy game this week, huh? Yeah, on a bye. Yeah, we usually leave. I, I, my favorite part of the pod. podcast. Yeah, definitely is tough with the Cowboy. Pod. But, yeah, so I think we're going to hit the Ravens, Raiders, Niners, something like that in that order. And then we're going to bring in our special guest later on in the second half of the podcast. But, yeah, let's start with the Patriots and Ravens. The Ravens traveled to Foxborough. They were seven-point favorites, but they ended up losing straight up 23-17. to 17. Um, I mean, just to set the scene, we could, it, was, it wasn't as bad, but it was kind of similar to that Raven, Raiders-Browns game a couple weeks ago. You had Storming. Consistent 15-mile-an-hour wins. And you would think, I mean, just kind of looking, just trying to take in the whole picture, you'd think this is a game that'd be ideally suited for the Ravens. You know, like a, a run, a heavy run team, play good defense. I, I know we usually talk things from a Ravens perspective, but I, I don't really know what to make of this Pats team. I mean, they've beaten the crap out of the Raiders. They, they beat the Ravens pretty good. They got, the ass, they got their ass handed to them at home by the Niners. But uh, wherever you want to take this, I know the Ravens got gashed by uh, Burkhead and Harris all game. I'm looking at Harris and Burkhead com- combined for 187 yards and 5.8 yards per touch. That, that's the receptions, too. I know Burkhead had um, a couple big receptions, especially that uh, trick play. Right? That was it? Yeah, it was Burkhead on the trick play. Yeah, I know they, yeah. They, yeah, Burkhead, they lost. yeah, Burkhead got the pass from Jacoby Myers. It was huge. They lost Brandon Williams in the game, but they did come in with no Jimmy Smith, no Kalias Campbell. Uh, just watching it from a, Ravens, from a Ravens perspective, I thought it was really sloppy, sloppy tackling, um, sloppy effort. I mean, the, the snap was off a couple times. There was that huge fourth and one. And then the other one, I think it was just to Lamar, just to Lamar and then it ended up being uh, the next down was like second and 26 or something like that. But uh, feel free to take it wherever you want. Yeah, no, it was ugly. Um, I think I'll start with with obviously Ravens perspective, being being a Ravens fan that I am. No, it's ugly. It's been ugly. It's uh, it is. No, it is before, you go, it before, is before you start, before you start, I was just gonna say another thing that I wanted. I, I wanted to leave off, lead off with was uh, after the game last week, you didn't seem very satisfied with that win over the Colts, and it feels like 
it kind of led it kind of like you foresaw maybe this happening maybe yeah no I, I everybody was texting me on Sunday asking about the seven and I, I I hated it I hated I hated the line I hated the Ravens last night I thought they might eke out a win even I thought it would be fitting if they would have kind of drove down you know in that ugly rain and storm and, and scored in 124 23 because it would have been just like the Colts game where it's like we won but it's like you know, again, it's ugly. I'll say this about the Ravens. It's it's ugly. It's been ugly, and I think it's going to stay ugly. It's just a muddled offense right now. All the explosive plays and, and the explosive games we had last year have just gone away. There's no there's no creativity to it. There's no real explosiveness from anything other than when Lamar uses his legs, which is still the most exciting thing uh, for the team. You know, it, 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 the whole game – I think was leading up to that last drive where the Ravens were going to have to drive. What was it? Something like 82 yards or something all the way down the field. Yeah, you, you could barely see the screen. Yeah, it, it got, it got bad. And again, I don't think there's a better team in the NFL when the Ravens are up 10 playing, playing up 10. And I don't know if there's a worse team playing from behind 10. I mean, it, it's a complete 180 with how they're playing. You know, you look at last week that they struggled all game in the first half because they were down. They get a little bit of a lead. They get a nice defensive play by Marcus Peters. They go up, and that's where they're comfortable. They're not comfortable playing from behind. You know, I talked last week about Lamar wanting to see him make throws from the pocket, wanting to see the receivers get open, wanting to see rhythm throws, and it was exactly the same as, as last week. Nobody could get open. I mean, Willie Sneed has, has been our best receiver this year, and, you know, when Willie Sneed's your best receiver, you got trouble and you got problems. Um, Hollywood Brown can't seem to get open. Mark Andrews has struggled this year. Um, during the game, we lost our best run blocker, Nick Boyle, uh, through a bad leg injury. I didn't. I personally hate those kind of injuries where you know where the leg kind of turns the wrong way. But uh, I, I haven't seen it, but I heard it's pretty bad. Um, that's a big loss. And then again, it just kind of broke down, like you said. I mean, the the Patriots they ran the crap out of the ball, which again you don't you don't say that about the Ravens getting pushed around. We were without Calais Campbell, and then once Brandon Williams went out there, Damian Harris and the line had their way. And it just seemed like every time. The Patriots wanted to pass. Somebody just kind of slipped open. Whether it was the fullback slipping open, whether it was Myers or even uh, Bird getting open uh, as receivers. You know, Cam, this is the game that they want to play with Cam. They want Cam to be able to play action, be comfortable, not rhythm. You want to get him rhythm throws. That's exactly what they got. And, and again, for the Ravens, it, it, it boils down to Lamar just not being able to be comfortable, Lamar not having any rhythm throws, and the Ravens offense just being muddled and really messy. Um, as far as the Patriots, I, I thought it was a good win. Obviously, again, the Ravens, Ravens, I, I would say, are a good team. I think they have a good defense. Their offense is obviously still a work in progress. But uh, it's Belichick, and, you know, you never know. I think this takes them to four and five. Um, they do have a win over the Raiders. That could break down a tiebreaker. They have a win over the Ravens now. That could break down a tiebreaker. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But, again, for the Ravens, I mean, I, you saw it just like I saw it, and we were texting during the game. It, it's uh, Like I said, the way to describe the Ravens is it's ugly. It's been ugly. And it's going to stay ugly. I just I don't see this year what could really help. I think in the offseason, you really got to break it down and you really got to see, you know, who's really coaching Lamar and who's really pro progressing him because he, he's really he's really teetered off and he's regressed this year. Um, nothing, nothing he did last. Nothing he did this year even remotely looks like he did last year. Um, again, the most exciting thing we have on offense is when, you know, we spread out the receivers and, and Lamar breaks the pocket and Lamar runs. There's really no creativity to it there's no explosiveness to it and in the offseason you really got to look at that if you're john harbaugh and their gm DeCosta, you really got to look at that and you got to think you know how, how are we how are we helping lamar because right now it, it looks it looks rough i'm sure you see it that way as well right no absolutely 
it felt like the Patriots, right, were like in total control of the game. I feel like they dictated the tempo, did whatever they want. And you already said it, but we don't really talk about the Ravens like that ever. I don't remember the last time in the last – for as long as they've been alive, they've been a good defense, specifically, I'd say, against a run, just dictating the dictating the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about the that pick that Lamar threw at the end of the second half where I think they were at like around the 38? I know the conditions weren't ideal, but I know you feel comfortable with Tucker taking that from really anywhere. Yeah, it was bad. No, it was bad. Yeah. It, it, it was just kind of a jump ball to our smallest receiver in Hollywood Brown. Double coverage. It, it was bad. You know, you you may, you, you may try to make a play. I, I understand, but again, it's it's just a tough play. He tried to make a he tried to make a jump ball. He tried to throw a jump ball, I should say, to Hollywood Brown. And Hollywood Brown's, you know, not not a jump ball guy. Hollywood Brown's a speedster. And you know, to speak on Hollywood Brown, you know, he asked last week for the ball. You know, he he had that tweet about a couple weeks ago about the Warriors and tornadoes and hurricanes, but. You know, he, he's got to shut up and just get open, and he hasn't been able to do that this year. Again, last year I think they were able to get him open and, and you know, uh, on play action stuff, and he was able to take the top off the defense that way. But, you know, it's kind of the funny. It's kind of the same thing I say about rugs. These guys have, are too fast to not be able to get open. Obviously something's wrong, you know. I don't know if it's a blanket coverage that the defense is using. I, I, if, I was, if I was coaching against the Ravens, I would do that. I would, I would blanket Brown. I would play off of him because he doesn't seem to be able to run over the middle. He doesn't seem to be able to run any uh, uh, curl routes or anything like that. You know, anything with him is a big play, and he just hasn't been able to get open this year. So, you know, he's got to do a little less talking and a little less tweeting and a little more getting open because, again, Willie Sneed has been our most constant receiver this year, and, and if Willie Sneed's your most, you know, s- solid receiver, that, that, that's not good. You know, I, I screamed last offseason – even though the Ravens were fourteen and two, I thought they needed. I thought they needed a star receiver. I mean, look at what DeAndre Hopkins has done for Kyler Murray. I mean, we'll get into that in a little bit. But I mean, Kyler Murray is the MVP, if you ask me, right now. And it didn't take much to get Kyler. Murray. It didn't take much to get DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I don't know if in the offseason again we call about Thielen. I mean, look at again. I mean, I I, I skipped over what I, my the point I was trying to make. Look at what Hopkins did for Ky, uh, Kyler Murray, and look what Stephon Diggs did for Josh Allen. Two guys that could be the two MVPs right now, if you ask me. So yeah. I think they just get a big more. body, right? Yeah. Yeah. You need a big, exactly. Absolutely. You know, Mark Andrews is good over the middle. I think Hollywood Brown, again, is a guy that can take the top of the defense. But let's be honest, you need somebody on third and 10 that you can go across the middle to, and you can go, you know, one-on-one and a curl route, one-on-one on a slant route, something, anything. Jump balls, like I said, that jump ball over the top, I mean, I'd, I'd feel a lot better if it was a bigger guy. But again, that's just not Willie Sneed right now. And, and again, if I'm the Ravens, I, I'm, I'm really worried. You know, moving forward, I think they dropped down a slot because they've been they've been the fifth seed for a while now because obviously they had been the best record as the second place team uh, behind Pittsburgh. But I believe with this loss, they dropped down even behind Miami, and uh, I believe maybe even under Tennessee. I know they got a big game against Tennessee coming up, but uh, as a Raven fan, I'm worried. It, it's just it's just ugly, and there's really no no uh, no upside I think right now to this offense the way they've been playing. Yeah, I think right now they're the seventh seed. I think they're the last team in right now. Three games back of the division. Um, big get you definitely a big game next week against uh, hosting the Titans. Mm-hmm. For wild card implications, obviously. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What are your? I mean, you kind of already hit it, but let's look at their schedule. I mean, they they do close the season with four pretty win five pretty winnable games. They go Dallas at Cleveland, Jacksonville, the Giants at Cincinnati. A lot of winnable games there, actually. But um, if you had to summarize, you've already talked about it. But what do you think about just in the future, the near future, the remaining of the season? Um, yeah, just your yeah. Expectations? I mean, just, 
yeah, just moving forward again, I think it's a little too late this off season. And, and you know, the COVID stuff really didn't help because I don't know. Cause I think, I don't know how much more they could have newly installed, newly installed in the off season. You know, I think a lot of it starting again was a lot of the same stuff from last year. And, you know, it's funny because Lamar even talked to Rich Eisen this week, and I'm sure you read that quote where I already said a lot of time the ra- the other defense the defense is calling out the Ravens' out plays, place, and yeah. yeah, and Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, kind of hinted at that as well, and you know he he didn't disagree with it. So I, I, again, I, I don't know how much new stuff they installed from Lamar this year, but they just really haven't progressed him. You know, he took such a big jump last off last season, and you know obviously the MVP season was great and everything. But he's regressed, and that's just not the direction you want to go. And it's going to be tough because, again, I, 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 I'm hoping this is just kind of a rough spell for them and a rough patch for Lamar, and he can kind of right the ship. But I just don't think they have the right guys around him right now. I think you need a solid number one wide receiver around him to really make those throw to make those plays on the on the tough throws that Lamar has to make. Again, look at what look at what Hopkins has done, and look at what Thielen has done. I mean, look at what Diggs has done. So, but as far as this season, man, it's going to be tough. I think there's three or four teams that are clearly better than them. I think you got to look at, obviously Pittsburgh. You got to look at Kansas City. Um, I, I I like Buffalo. I'm high on Buffalo, and then maybe even you know in India or Tennessee. I know they just beat Indy, but again, the way the Ravens are looking right now, it, it's been rough. So I, I don't have a lot of expectations. Again, you talked about the easy schedule they kind of close with. Hopefully, they can get a little bit of a rally and momentum going there, and and maybe catch fire like they did last year um, towards the end of the season. But but we'll see. What do you think? Yeah, I, if I was a Ravens, if I was a Ravens fan, I'd be pretty concerned with, 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 yeah, with the whole situation. I really wouldn't know what to expect from Lamar going forward. He's had his. Is he supposed to get paid this offseason? Right, ideally, because he's going to be. Yeah, I, be his yeah, this is an offseason. Yeah, well, yeah, this is an offseason where he's extension eligible. Yeah, they got lucky because they picked him thirty-two, so they picked up that fifth year. You know, obviously, first-round picks get five-year yeah, con- five They have fifth-year options. So the they, they, they just slid into the first round and, and picked him at 32. So that, that was nice. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be interesting. That That's going to be a big talking point down the line. You know, obviously he, he, you know, I think we, we, we obviously want to ride with him and, you know, he's our guy right now, obviously. And look, you know, moving forward, we obviously we love him and we want him to be our guy, but <laughs> he's got to start playing a lot better. And the whole team's got to start playing a lot better as well. All right. Now we're going to transition into the Las Vegas Raiders, who played the Broncos, they hosted the Broncos. They kind of beat the crap out of them. Score of thirty-seven to twelve. And just to where I want to start with, I kind of already tweeted about it. Um, just to summarize this game, I'd say good teams just beat the crap out of bad teams. The Broncos couldn't stop turning the ball over. I think Drew Lock threw four interceptions. He was bad. He was bad. No, he, bad. He was pretty bad. I, I never really understood the whole Drew Lock thing. I, I I don't want to be the, like try to. I never liked it. I, I don't no, know. You know what? I, I I shouldn't say that. Let me let me preface this. I I, I obviously we're getting to the game. I, I I did like Drew Lock at one point, but you know the whole dancing and the flashy flash it just didn't work for me. Yeah, it's a you lot. Know, the whole, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Go sorry, go on with your recap. No, I was just gonna say that uh, I can't remember the last time the last time where I've watched a game and I can I could definitely say that the Rays were more. Well, coach, a definitely buttoned up organization. No, Wait, what did plays. you just say? I said, I can't remember the last time I saw the Raiders playing a game. I can, no, 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 put back. You said they were better coached. Well, coach, yeah, yeah they just look like a well-coached operation. Hey, I've known you almost your whole life. Well, I haven't known you your whole life. I can't remember the last time I heard you say the Raiders were well coached. 
So yeah, I, exactly. So exactly what I'm saying. As long as I've been a Raider fan, going back to uh, I don't even know where like Tom Cable, head coach. Remember that? Remember that stint? But what about uh, what about Huey Headlines? Huey Headlines was the coach. Uh, Art Shell. Uh, I, don't I wanna, like Art Shell. I don't want to go like down this show. rabbit hole, but yeah, it's a well coached yeah, yeah, operation. They look buttoned up, no dumb plays. They capitalized off of uh, the endless turnovers. The Broncos mm-hmm. uh, kept giving away. Jeff Heath, game of his life, I think. Yeah, <laughs> freaking Heath. He had Jeff a huge play because because the the Broncos were uh, driving. It was ten six mm-hmm. before half, and they were driving pretty good. And then Drew Lock gave one away. But um, I said a couple weeks ago after the. The Bronco, or after the Browns game, sorry, and I said that the next two games are winnable. Their divisional games are going to be always. They're obviously going to be tough, but they're winnable games. You get those in your back pocket, mm-hmm. and you get ready to play. Put it in the bank. Yeah, exactly. Those are like week sixteen, week seventeen. You're going to look back mm-hmm. and say, "Glad to have those ones, especially divisional games." And now they play another divisional game. They're going to host the Chiefs Sunday night, and um, I mean, Andrew Reid off a bye, eighteen and three in his career. I don't expect the Raiders to win, but I mean, we'll see. I hope it's a good game. Come on, man! You get get a come on. Give a little confidence to your team. You, you haven't had a Raiders team like this in a while. There. I want I want you to come on. I want you to perk up a little bit. Yeah. I want as you a, to feel as good a football, about them. Okay, I'll say this: as a football purist, it is fun to see them, even with like a a mismatch offensive line shoving the crap out of people running. Uh, you got uh, you have Jonathan Jake or you have Jacobs who ran for 112. Devontae Booker for 81. They combined for 41 attempts, 203 yards, five yards per carry, three straight games of rushing for more more than 100 yards. Uh, the defense isn't killing him, which is actually surprising me. Max Crosby making some plays. Ben, but don't break. What did I say? Ben, but don't break. Nassif had that interception. Jeff Heath, I think he's a pretty good replacement for Eric Harris. Eric Harris is terrible in coverage. Jeff Heath, definitely a lot better than Eric Harris. Uh, but no, it's fun to watch them run the crap out of the ball. It's uh, it, it was not even yeah, like, no, I like, you said, like I said, I, I'm, I think I think this is the Raiders team that the Ra- that that we talked about a couple weeks ago. You know, the defense bend but don't break. You know, you can give up some chunk plays sometimes. You can give up some gains. You can give up some drives. But again, when it comes down to it and it breaks down, man, in the red zone, you got you got it. You got it. Hold tough. That's exactly what they did. Again, Drew Lock four interceptions. Not good at all. You know, he looked hurt to me. I, I don't know about you. But he looked hurt, and he just didn't look good at all. But again, you you hit it on the head. We called for it a couple weeks ago. What game was it? Where what was it? What what game was it where I talked about Josh Jacobs and the carries he had, and was like, man, they got to do better than that. I think Not it sure was. What, uh, I think it was a game before the Browns game. Yeah, what was the game before the Browns game? Who did they lose to? Buffalo, right? No, I think it was the Bucks. It was the Bucks. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, we talked about Josh Jacobs. Well, Josh Jacobs only had about what fifty-seven yards or what, yeah. and he's just been on a tear after that. Yeah, I mean twenty-one no. for one twelve. Booker, the dog, like you call him, sixteen for eighty-one. No, he's been money. And then you know what? Again, Derek Carr, it, not not an impressive sixteen for twenty-five, but he got the job done. And it goes back to what I was telling you a couple weeks ago. You know, we're talking about the Raiders and how they're not. They weren't really impressive in Cleveland. They weren't, you know, they came down to the end against uh, against the Chargers. But, no. again, like you said, wins are wins, man. And they're putting these ones in the bank. They continue to stay right there in the playoff picture. Uh, again, I keep going back to, to telling you this. I've never been a huge Derek Carr guy. Um, but, but again, man, he's winning games. And same thing with Gruden. They're winning games, and they're winning games together. And, and with the big contract that Gruden's on, the big contract Carr's on, 
on. That's all that really matters right now. You know, you'll figure out the rest later. But they're winning games right now, and they're building a winning. They're been, They're building a winning formula. I mean, these last couple of weeks, these games have been tough. These games have been ugly at times, but they just keep winning. What are they on a three-game winning streak right now? Yeah, I mean, in yeah, that, that three-game winning yeah. streak, they probably have had yeah. three, they, three different kinds of games, right? In a row as as a as a sports better, I've uh, I've been on them the last three weeks, and honestly, I, I what is the line for what is the line for Sunday? Uh, they're getting a touchdown at home. They're getting a touchdown minus seven. Plus seven. I'm sorry, plus seven. Yeah, that's too high. That's too high. I like Kansas City, but that's too high. That this is the type of game they need to win, though. They need to play exactly how they've been playing. They need to run the ball. They need to control the clock. Carr can't turn the ball over. Again, you're going to give up points to Kansas City. But at this point, you know, if you're the Raiders, you want to open it up a little bit. Like you said, they're trying to get rugs a little bit in there. I believe he had a couple catches for the first time no, in a while, right? Yeah. He had a jump yeah, ball. three for 31. That's not bad. That's not yeah. bad. That's not bad. Catching the ball, getting the ball, getting the ball in space. But uh, we'll see. What do you think about that line? You think that's about – I mean, obviously, again, I, I you you as a Raider fan have always been the same way. You've kind of been pessimistic. Very pessimistic. Never really been high on them. But come on, give me, give me an honest assessment. What do you think? No, I think a, I think what, a good thing that – well, let me let me hold on. Let me face it this way: when, for somebody they get dropped on, they get dropped yeah. to the United States, and they get dropped in Vegas, and you just meet them. You're in a bar, and somebody comes to you and goes, "They they have a ticket." They say, "Hey, I have the Raiders plus seven right now for let's say the guy's a millionaire. He puts a million dollars on. What are the odds?" What I would say, what I would say, let me let me just go with this. Uh, the guy's never a, watched the NFL game a couple, He's never yeah, watched the NFL I, I don't know what to say. I'd say a couple weeks ago, this is probably like a nine, ten point. Uh, game, but the thing is, though, I was reading an athletic article and they said something along the lines of before that game where the Raiders beat uh, the Chiefs in the John Gruden era, they've lost oh, it was four other games and they've lost by a, like average of like 20 plus gotten their asses kicked. So I don't know. You're dancing around, you're dancing around the question will the Raiders cover or not? You're dancing around the question. I think I think they'll cover. Whether it's a garbage time, if, if, it's like a, if it's like a 13-point game, two possession, I don't know. At seven is a lot of points for an offense. That's all I want to know if they'll cover. Now, now, here we go. Now, okay, so now another guy comes up to you and says, so you have them plus seven for a million dollars. Well, I have them money line for $2 oh million. God. What do you say about that? I mean, it's at home. Uh, this isn't they're hot. Three games yeah. in a row, you're right. They've already – listen, time out. They've already beat – let me finish. They've already beat him in Kansas City. Yeah. They've got Josh Jacobs rolling. Derek Carr's playing well. The defense is bend break. Jeff Heath is playing at an all-time high right now. What's the, what's the middle linebacker? out of his mind, Kwiatkowski. That's what I'm saying. What's the middle linebacker's name? Kwiatkowski. Nick Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski. He's playing at a, he's yeah, playing he's at a nice level. Dot. Yeah, Carl, Mr. Carl Nassib's playing at a nice level. Yeah. You got third and Renfro still doing his thing. Listen, you call Devontae Booker a dog. Hunter Renfro is a dog. He's a dog. It's just crazy how so seamlessly translated. Like, he's the same exact player he was in college. Just a reliable. Yeah, exactly. Reliable sweet, and right? always open. It's been sweet. But what it's did he get open. robbed on? He texted me he got robbed. I didn't see that play. It was uh, – I'm trying to think back. I told you he got robbed because – what was it? I'm blanking now. I'm totally blanking, but um, blanking because you see that you're seeing that money in your pocket with that Raider no, money line. I, I, I say we do that. it, man. I say we do it again. I don't like Kansas City. I, I don't. I don't like Mahomes. He ain't my homie. I don't like Kansas City. <laughs> I think I'm gonna take the Raiders money line. I think that's the that's plan. Aggressive. But one thing. So I, what do you say to the guy? Okay, what do you? Again, what, what do you say to the guy? He walks up to the guy. To you, 
you so you're already sitting with the guy that you just met from a foreign uh -huh. country. Another guy walks up to you from a different foreign country and says, "Well, I just bet on the Raiders money line again. It's about to kick off. Carrie Underwood. It's Sunday night, right? Yeah. Carrie Underwood. She's starting to sing. Everybody's getting ready. Everybody's sitting down. You're in Vegas. You got your shirt on. You got yeah. your little hat on. And he says, "I got the Raiders money line. Give him the odds." I that it happens. I'd say probably. I like the 30, Raiders thirty-ish percent. I, I don't know. I'm just worried. Andrew don't buy. They kick the crap out of him every time. I, I don't know. Who kicks the crap out of him every time? I just told you the Chiefs beat the crap out of Gruden. They played what before. Happened last time? Yeah, just right. saying. I all think right. Andy Reid's shaking his boots, and I don't think I don't I don't I don't know if Mahomes gets on the plane. I think Mahomes <laughs> is seeing Carl Nassib in his face. I think Mahomes yeah, is seeing my boy, the secondary. My boy, Mister Cornhusker himself, Malik Collins, in his face. <laughs> By the way, shout out to the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I'll wait for that to get into that, but. But anyways, no, I like the Raiders. I think, again, we keep talking about them. I keep betting on them. Um, they found a formula. And you know what? I'm going to seriously consider the money line. I like plus seven. I think plus seven is way too high. Again, it's tough because, again, a touchdown, you know, you could push and all that, however that works out. Um, but uh, I, th I think I think they need to play the way they've been playing. Oh, yeah. Well, I just Run the ball, go bet on the defense. And, again, I've been screaming for a couple of weeks, get rugs going. Uh, one thing, Chloe, that you touched on in a while ago, I was going to say that, one thing I didn't even consider is, yeah, they're definitely – I mean, in the Gruden era, they haven't done a lot of winning before this season, but mm -hmm. it feels like they're definitely learning how to win. That's kind of like a very mm -hmm. important thing. It seems so yep. basic. But yep. the way they've won their last three games, completely different. You had the Browns, which is an ugly – you're on the road, very, very ugly game, but still win. And mm -hmm. then you had the very close one in San Diego – or not in, against the San Diego – against the L.A. Chargers. And then, you had the one this, <laughs> and then you had the one this week was a complete blowout. So they're, they're winning all kinds of different games. It's not just from and ahead, you talked from about you, you talked about You talked about your worries last they're building, week. About they're the building a winning culture. But you talked about your, 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 your worries with the game because it was a game the Raiders should win. Yeah. So. 90%. Yeah. They won a game they, they should have won, yeah. Yeah, they, they won a game and, and convincingly. It wasn't close. No, convincingly. Yeah. No, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so now we're going to bring on our first guest of the podcast. Ever. First ever. Ever. And, uh, yeah, Isaiah Campos. I really wouldn't want it to have an Good friend of the podcast. Go. Good friend of the podcast. Uh, the floor is yours. Wait, you wait, wait, wait. You didn't introduce him the right way. Well, Coming into the it. podcast, <laughs> the Mexican Hexican, the Spaniard Lanyard. <laughs> <laughs> The golden boy himself from the 1984 <laughs> Olympics, Isaiah Spain Train, Dirty Spaniard Campos. Thank you for coming on, sir. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure uh, to be on uh, here. No, no, thank, thank you. We appreciate no, you being on. thank you for on. having us, man. We really, I really couldn't have thought of anybody else to have on. I really couldn't as our first guest. So Hell let's get yeah. into it, Tomar. No, Break yeah, it down for it. it. No, let's talk about this Niner game. They fall to four and six. They went to New Orleans, lost by a score of twenty-seven to thirteen. We got a Jameis Winston sighting for the whole second half. Boo boo, boo boo. Jameis Winston was out there. You know, as a sage, was the funny thing is, is that we talked about last week, right? Like if Drew Brees went down, who yeah. would actually play? It it, it kind of actually it literally happened right before our eyes. Where I guess Drew Brees fractured some ribs. I think they said he. I have it right here. Let me see what he said. Oh, my pussy he said, hurts. <laughs> says multiple rib fractures on both sides of his oh, chest. And here a, we go. A collapsed lung. 
That's Isaiah, pretty... haven't you played with the, haven't you played with rib fractures before? I mean, you got to play uh, with something before. No rib fractures. Definitely some dodgy knees, though. <laughs> knees that are so swollen the size of bowling balls. Yeah, you've seen them. <laughs> One too many times. Uh, no, I, I thought mean, the Niners uh, looked like crap. Finish, finish, finish. No, finish no, for sure. Yeah, they started off hot. They were up 10-0. Mullins actually looked pretty decent, but hey, uh, my put, hey, my plus ten, my plus ten on them was looking sweet. Yeah, dude, it was like 10-0. I, I've always liked Mullins. I mean, do you remember when he beat the crap out of the Raiders that one Thursday night game? It was Raiders. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that was like nobody knew who he was like a week before that, and then I saw literally on Twitter, uh, Niners sign undrafted free agent Nick Mullins, and then eventually got to start and beat the shit out of the. Raiders, but uh, the special teams were terrible, right? A lot of muff punts. Um, awful. Gave up a big uh, kickoff return. Richie James muff, uh, muff one early. Struggled to run the ball. Um, just a little thing. You know Mike McGlinchey? So I follow this one I guy. I follow this one guy on the Niners that covers it. I don't know if, if anybody's a Niner fan that's listening. Grant Cohn. I, I don't know what publication he is, but he uh, covers the Niners, and he wrote in an article, "Mike McGlinchey is elite at not pl- uh, he's elite at not blocking pass rushers. Sometimes he whiffs, other times he falls over. He has an array of ways not to block people, <laughs> but uh, pretty brutal." Let me, let me just say, Ray, let me jump take this? Isaiah, Isaiah will unleash you on him because I know you probably have some Niner takes. No, it was bad. It was ugly. I had him plus ten. They jumped up to an early plus ten lead. Um, they actually got, I think it was 10-3, and then they 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 stuffed uh, New Orleans. New Orleans punts away to them, and then I don't know who it was on their team. They dropped that punt, and after that, it just it just got uglier and uglier. I mean, this team just listen. Every team goes through injuries because I don't I don't want to hear the injury bug with the Niners. I understand it's a lot of them, and and, and some of their star players and the quarterback, their best defensive player, Richard Sherman, Samuel, most. I I understand all that, but that, that that's what happens. These guys just they don't look like they're out there playing. They don't look motivated. They don't. They don't look like they want to be out there. They look like they want to be in their million dollar mansions, and that's all fine and dandy. But you're you're on the you're in the NFL, and you got to show up. And I just don't think they did. Yeah, Drew Brees took a hell of a shot. Yeah, you got his ass kicked. Yeah, that one was. Yeah, that was a. Fl- I didn't like that flag. Did you guys see that one? Yeah, it was a little yeah. shaky. I, I, ne- I never. I didn't you, like it. How can you? I don't under. I never understand the where they don't even get the ball off and they just get sacked and it's a. From the passer, that, mm-hmm. that'll never make well, sense. Well, what it was, was, the, guy, was the, the, guy, the guy grabbed him, and then he was swinging to the ground. But he almost turned, so he kind of it was shoulder to shoulder on the ground. It wasn't, you know, his because I know the flag was. He didn't land on top of him. No, he didn't I land on top of him. Like all. on the side of him. I'll yeah, never get that. Like Isaiah, what, what do you what do you think about the Niners and all their fans complaining about <laughs> about the injuries and and all that stuff? I mean, you as a Cowboy fan, we can get it, but you guys are going through the same thing. We're going through the same thing, and it's just it's just something that's going to happen in a, in a crazy season like this with COVID and all that. Sometimes people are legit hurt, and sometimes they're just taking the season off to kind of heal <laughs> next season. Hurt or injured? Yeah, I think some are hurt, some aren't. So, you, you, I mean, you've played before. What what do you th- what can you explain the difference for the people that haven't? The difference between hurt and being injured. Yeah, so if you're hurt, you know, you got a couple ailments. You know, you got like a sore knee or like a, you know, like a cramp or something. If you're injured, you can't play, basically. That's how I interpret it. Do you think that's more of like a mental thing? Maybe the Niners aren't the mentally toughest team out there? You could attribute to that. I mean, they got it pretty good out there. 
Tova, what did you think of the Niner game? Uh, just one takeaway. I thought, what game was it when Nick Mullins looked really good? Because he didn't look too good in this game. Uh, maybe just better off in a relief role, like uh, out of the bullpen. You know what I mean? Instead of like getting a whole week to game plan. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is they kept showing Beathard warming up on the sideline. They showed him like the third quarter. And me, again, having him plus 10, I, I was like excited because I was like, anybody can be better than this guy Mullins right now. And they must have showed Beathard warm up after every single drive, and he never came in until maybe like the fourth quarter. Yeah, they got him for maybe one attempt. Maybe the fourth quarter. So it was pretty bad. And you know what? Jameis Winston wasn't very impressive for New Orleans either. So it's not like New Orleans blew him out. I think the final was 27-13. Again, that's like a backdoor almost covered by the Niners. I thought maybe at the end they could sneak a touchdown in. But uh, but they just never did, and, and it, it was bad. And again, like Isaiah said, there's a difference between hurting being injured. And maybe you can question some of those Niners injuries. I don't know. Because they do have a lot of them. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, just looking forward to the Saints. The Saints' next couple games, they play Atlanta, Denver, Atlanta again, and then Philly. So the next four games, pretty you know, winnable. The Saints, they did go 5-0 and last year with Teddy Bridgewater. The Saints, to me, how long – what's the timetable for Breeze? Uh, I don't think I've heard anything. It's probably like a month like, at least. The Saints, to me, are kind of like the Steelers. They're winning games, but it just hasn't been impressive. And, and and if you look at the past history, the Saints in the playoffs, I wouldn't bet on them. I I think they're they don't really have it at the at, at the end of the season like uh, like they do in the middle of the season. I think it's a lot of system stuff that they beat up on the bad teams, and we get to the good teams. I know they just blew out the Bucks, but uh, I'm just not too high on the Saints. Isaiah, what do you think about the Saints? I think the Saints are good enough offensively to carry them through. Alvin Kamara he had a pretty good game. He just got touchdowns. Thomas back. Yeah, he had three touchdowns, and, you know, he, he's pretty good through the air. It's going to be a problem on who's going to give it to him, though. So, Jameis Winston definitely needs to step up. Isaiah, what are your thoughts on Taysom Hill? Because my brother seems to think that Taysom Hill's a franchise quarterback, and all the people, ah, the Saints will be <laughs> fine. They got Taysom Hill, this and that. And I made the point last week that if Drew Brees got hurt, it wasn't going to be Taysom Hill. It was going to be Jameis Winston, and it was Jameis Winston. What do you think about Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill is one of those uh, those pocket knife quarterbacks that, that you get. You know, he's he's not going to throw the ball 100 times a game, but he's just going to kind of do that little wildcat setup that they do. I don't, I don't think he's a franchise quarterback, though, to be honest. Gadget I think we're player. all in agreement. Omar? Gadget player. Yeah, he's a little gadget player. Again, he's, he stays out there on punt. I think he's on kick return, kick off, and all that stuff. I mean, I will say they, they did. My brother did make a good point to me that I'm sure he does have a lot of meetings to go to during the week. You know, he's probably got a special team offense. He'll go. So, so good for him. But again, looking forward, I I wouldn't be too high on the Saints. I think the Bucks got a chance of catching them with Jameis Winston in there as uh, as long as Drew Brees is out. So is, is that just the Niners season? Is it over? Get ready for the draft or what? Yeah, wrap it up, pack it in. That's it. No, that's it. Pack it in. But again, I don't want to hear no complaints. Every team deals with injuries. Isaiah, Niners done? They were done when Garoppolo got hurt. So, as you've said before, curtains? Curtains. <laughs> yeah, so week 10, just got done with week 10. I'm just going to read off the score right now. The Vikings and Bears are playing. Vikings are up six. But uh, some good games. You had the, the Hail Murray game. Uh, you guys mm-hmm. want to touch on that? That was a really good game. Uh, I have in my notes that Browns-Texans game, I wrote in my notes, are we sure this game happened? Because on my red zone, I, I don't know if I saw more than three updates from this game. So I'm just going to assume it, it just happened. I, I, I'm, I'm I believe, they, I believe they talked to him once, and it was the 
I had never seen this before in my life. Never in the NFL. Had you guys ever seen it? I don't know. It was a fake field goal punt. Did you see <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what they, they definitely showed that little pooch punt. They definitely showed that. It was that. Yeah. It was a fake field goal punt. Other than that, you're right. I didn't see much of it on the red zone. No. Um, Want to talk to some of that uh, Kyler stuff, that one play? Yeah, yeah. So I've, re- I've re-watched that play probably maybe like 10-plus times. And I think the most impressive thing is – I mean, the catch is the catch. It's freaking crazy. But how small Kyler is, and he's a right-handed quarterback rolling left. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's a duck. He fucking – there's some juice on that thing. It's like mm-hmm. – it, it just shows how freaking strong his arm is. And it was just – it was an incredible play. I was, I was standing right next to my brother who was a Cardinals fan, and he was fucking moping his ass off before that play. And then afterwards, because what? You had the digs. Uh, what happened? Milan, Milan, Milan was moping? No, yeah, he was he was he was moping. Didn't get his eggs Benedict by the pool. Yeah, my uh, my brother's in high school. He's a Cardinals yeah, fan. But he was he was on, on the AD. couch, the worst mood, and then he was uh, all hyped for the Kyle. No, you're 100 right. You're 100 right. The the way he scrambled all the way, like you said, to his left, and he had to crank back his hips and to get it at the highest point. And again, to see DeAndre Hopkins down there and just kind of chuck it down there, it was an incredible play by Murray. I don't. I I think. Man, what would you say was more impressive, the catch or the throw? Because the I'd catch the was, the catch was definitely slept the catch on. Was just as impressive. No, it's yeah. like Rodgers a couple of years ago, but again, Rodgers is the bigger guy. Rodgers has the natural arm talent that Murray, you know, obviously Murray has arm talent, but I don't know about Rodgers' arm talent. But I thought it was, yeah, it was really incredible because it looked like, I mean, he was just barely almost stepping out of bounds. For him to get that throw off was pretty impressive. Mm. Now, what about the? Uh, I don't know if you guys know, like, like I said, I've watched this thing a million times already, but. The uh, the Jordan they can, they can make a Jordan commercial out of that with the I didn't even know he was a Jordan guy but I mean when he reaches up both hands up you see the Jordan logo coming up from the gloves mm-hmm. oh that was pretty yeah. cool I was, Isaiah uh, did you see that live or did you see the highlights of it I saw the highlights of it I couldn't believe it when I saw it I was like amazed I mean he's running to his left you know he just chucks it up in the air he's like five six yeah. I, I know I've always kind of had a held a grudge against Keller Murray because I'm a I was, fan. You know what? I but, was just about to ask that. Are we over it yet? I don't think we'll ever be over it. <laughs> to be honest. Dovar? And, uh, Can I be honest with you guys? Yeah. I remember watching an A's game once. I don't know if you guys watched just I don't know what game it was, but they brought Kyler in and he was in his A's gear and he was sitting up there with uh Kipe and uh he just looked like he was it was at this O.co. I don't. He didn't look very impressed. Like he just seemed. I, that, I know that's kind of his whole demeanor, like especially in interviews. But it just yeah. looked like he's all, you know. I think I kind of want to be a quarterback in the NFL. He just doesn't look impressed with the whole, the whole baseball thing. I mean, we don't need to talk about the Oakland Coliseum, but it looked like he was like, eh, I think I'd rather just be a number one do overall you, pick do you think, in the NFL. Do you think he would have stayed if, say, the Yankees or the Red Sox would have signed him? Maybe. God, maybe. The, the one thing is, though, a lot of people talked about when that during that whole thing. I don't want to go down a tangent, but you're not no, going to no, make it. Whoa, 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 whoa. You've already taken us down here, Tovar. You're not going to. You've already taken us down here. So I'm in the deep end now? Am I in the deep end? You're bringing up how he was moping around the stadium. Yeah. You've already taken us down here, bud. No, but I'm just saying uh, – just if you're gonna play baseball, you're not gonna no, be in the big leagues. You're not gonna, you're not gonna be making a lot of money than you are. He's making what? Probably double digit million millions of dollars this year in his second year. He's probably gonna get uh, a even fatter contract in a year or two. But I mean, you're making scraps. You're, you're riding it on minor league buses. That could that could have went for any team though. You don't see the big leagues until what year four or five? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. 
instead of being. Is he your MVP right now? After what Russ did, after what Russ did last week, or this week, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's 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 there. It's, he's probably one of, he's probably the most exciting player right now. Is there you got an NFL MVP right now? Right now, currently, I'm gonna have to go with the uh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tom Brady. I would, I would have, I have Kyler Murray. I would, I would say Kyler Murray. He's being a lot of buzz today. I just what I've seen. But again, if Josh Allen and if that pass isn't completed, I think it's Josh Allen, right? I, I think Tom Brady's had a good season. Um, another guy they bring up is is, is uh, Kamara, but I think whoever comes out of that game between Allen and and uh, Kyler Murray, that's who the MVP probably is leading right oh, now. Oh, you're probably right. Yeah, that makes especially sense. with the way Russell Wilson's been playing. Yeah. So just another yeah. thing. I was just gonna say. Uh, no, I was just gonna say about the whole Kyler thing. Just one last thing is that it seemed like. Even last year, it felt like a lot of people were confident saying either he was or he's going to be uh, Michael Vick, but better. Um, I mean, I, I thought that was a little crazy at first, but now after the last couple of games this whole year, he, he's really freaking good. Just how fun you know, he is to watch, how quick he is. Go ahead. I think Kyler, no. Kyler, Murray's, Kyler Murray's quicker than Vick was, but Vick had a better arm. Ooh, that's tough to say. Man, Kyler's got a good arm. That's, that's, that's it. But the thing about the, I, I know they don't comp- get compared a lot to each other, but obviously I watch Lamar Jackson every week and I watch Kyler. The thing about Kyler that that Lamar really doesn't have is Kyler always keeping his eyes down the field. Like he, even even when Kyler's in the pocket, kind of scrambling, you think he's gonna pass still. You know he's still got that passing hey, threat. Yeah. Lamar really doesn't have that. Lamar's kind of just once he knows he's gonna run, he's gonna run. Kyler's more of more of like a scrambler. Lamar's always a little bit of a more of a runner. You know what I mean? Kyler's runs are. Kind of when the defense is still in their pass coverage, and then he kind of takes off, and that's why everybody's kind of flat-footed. With Lamar, everybody kind of knows when he's running and when he's going to take off, but they really still can't catch him. You know, you you guys kind of catch my drift. Yeah, absolutely. So, and and I think that's more dangerous. If you ask me, I mean, again, Lamar's my guy. He's the reigning MVP, but man, Kyler's looking real good. And and again, Kyler's got a lot better rhythm to his passing game than Lamar has. You know, and again, but again, like I told you earlier, Tovar, you know, having DeAndre Hopkins that then Larry Fitzgerald, that that's what it'll do to you. Yeah. So yeah, I mean honestly, I mean I don't want to look back, but that year, I think it was the same year the Raiders had three first round picks, I think. I kinda wish they could have I don't want to look back, but I kinda wish they would have mortgaged the future for Kyler Murray because uh, it would have been sweet to see him. There was some buzz with that, right? No, there was. I don't know how I don't know how realistic it was, but it would have been well, I know what ended up happening, Josh, Josh Rosen was less than impressive in his uh, rookie season, so they moved on. You know, imagine if Rosen was decent or they want to give him a shot. You know, Kyler Murray's playing for somebody else right now. Yeah. No, you're right. Where is Josh Rosen? I thought he – didn't he sign a backup gig with the Pats? believe he's sitting in New England. It doesn't, even, he's in New doesn't England. even get consideration? Yeah. So let's get into this. What would it be? Why would we bring on Isaiah on this podcast if we weren't going to touch on his Dallas Cowboys? Uh, the Eagles actually dropped – I think they lost by like 10 points to the Giants. These are the current standings. I'll read them off. Uh, both the Eagles and the Giants have three wins. The Eagles have that tie. Um, they're up a game and a half on the Giants at two and seven, respectively, the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys got a little bit of momentum, I feel like, offensively from Garrett Gilbert last game. They had to buy this week. Play the Vikings next week. Isaiah, wherever you want to take this, by all means. Floor is yours. 
the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, well, it's been an ugly season. You know, it's it was ugly when Dak got that injury. You know, and once that happened, I knew the season was kind of a wrap. But what's been interesting is kind of seeing them lose all these games, but yet they're still in contention for the NFC East. Like, I think they're like two games back or two and a half games back or something like that. You know, it's like, and a lot of our games are against the NFC East, you know, but I think it kind of begs the question of like, should they just stay on the same route they're doing right now, losing games so they can get a better draft pick, which I am not against, to be honest. I wouldn't mind seeing the Trevor Lawrence back there. Um, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna actually, I was actually gonna ask you something that was kind of along those lines. I was gonna actually, I was gonna ask him. I was gonna say because I didn't know where you stood on this, the whole paying Dak big. I was gonna say, does this make you appreciate Dak a little bit more? But it sounds like you have your eyes set on Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Dak Prescott, but what are you talking about? Yeah, I just. You know, if Dak wants to keep asking for more money, you know, I just feel like it'd be better for the team if we looked for the draft. You know, and it's a win-win if we keep him too, you know, because he's a good quarterback still. But, you know, it's a win-win situation. If they, if they came to you and said, Isaiah, we can have the choice of drafting Trevor Lawrence or we're going to keep Dak, you would say? I would say let the season play out and we'll figure, figure it out. <laughs> I like it. I like it. What what do you what do you, what have been your thoughts on McCarthy? Because I, I think he's gotten a little too much heat, if you ask me. I mean, the whole thing about the locker room came out and how, you know, the report of the anonymous player saying that you know that the coaches didn't know what they were doing and this and that, and it was kiddie stuff compared to what they've been running. And, and, and you know, for me, I mean I, I think you kind of feel the same way. I mean, the Cowboys players have, have been, you know, been able to run the asylum the last couple of years with Garrett in control and now I think they got a little bit of control with 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 McCarthy and a little bit of discipline. What, what do you, what do you think about McCarthy moving forward? Initially, I don't what, think they were. Really what have you seen so far, and, and what what moving forward, you think? With, yeah, with well, so far, I mean, to be honest, the problems kind of came up from the free agents that they got with Everson Griffin and uh, Don Terry Poe. I think those are the guys who actually came out and said something. But uh, once they we're, we're not even there anymore. Yeah, they're yeah we cut them. Uh, probably because of that but um you know once once they were gone i think the team kind of like rallied around each other because they kind of saw that like oh they're cutting people so it's 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 at a point where now we're just kind of they're playing for pride you know more than anything i feel like hey Isaiah, i wanted to ask you real quick about uh, what are your thoughts have been about ziggy doesn't seem to, to be having the most productive year at times personally when i'm watching it feels like bernard pollard's even more explosive runner he seems like he has a lot more fresher legs what do you think about Zeke this year do you think it's probably because he's playing down now that they I mean they're struggling to win games you think that's a reason he's playing down you think it's offensive line I mean going even going back to last year post Cabo it seems like he's been kind of struggling he's not the same explosive back he was post Cabo when he uh (laughs) seems like he's not the same explosive back he was when he came into the league what do you think I agree no, I agree. I think once he got his money, he kind of slowed down a little bit. Uh, it could be due to wear and tear. I mean, the guy's been carrying the ball a lot, you know, his whole career. But I think this season in particular, uh, he's kind of just given the reins to Tony Pollard. Just tell him, you know, do your best because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do my best this season because I think he's kind of hurt actually too. But yeah, um, 
but I think he's kind of taking the season off, to be honest. One thing I have on the Cowboys that I don't know if you saw it, I hope you did, was last week against the against the Steelers. Um, I don't know if you remember Terrell Owens, you know, back in his Niner days when he had the whole couple touchdowns and he spiked the ball and then, you know, Darren Woodson. Did, who, who was it that went out and got him? Was it Darren Woodson? No, it was um... – God, what was his name? Tovar, look it up. But anyways, uh, I'll the video. anyways, uh, so did you see Juju Smith-Schuster uh, on the Steelers try to do that after he caught his touchdown? And yeah. Mr. Al Woods, Woods, the big defensive tackle, was not having it? It's, it's Antoine Woods. But Antoine Woods, I'm sorry. Yeah, what no, you think he, wasn't, he wasn't having it. And that shows, you know, some, some tradition right there. You know, You don't let someone do that to the star. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know what Juju was thinking. He was fucking, you know, uncalled for in my opinion. He's lucky freaking Keith Brookin wasn't out there. Keith <laughs> Brookin. I'm looking at a Teague. A Teague? Yeah, oh, yeah, Teague. yeah. There you go, Teague. George Teague, I think his name is. George Teague. He wasn't having it. Nah, Keith Brookin, Dat and a win. These guys just wouldn't – they wouldn't play that back in the day. Nah. I mean, Dave Campo himself would have came off the sideline <laughs> and went and got him. Sean Lee? <laughs> Sean Lee. Uh, anyways, anything else on the Cowboys? Um, let, me, let me spin it forward a little bit for you, Isaiah. And Tobar, you can chime in too. Yeah. Because we, me and Tobar have talked. And, you know, again, it, it kind of goes back to what you were just saying about the NFC East. The Cowboys are losing these games. And, you know, it's looking bleak and it's looking down. But, you know, you look at the standings and they're not too far back. So, I mean, spinning it forward, I, I think, they're good. They're getting Dalton back this week. I think maybe possibly this week, you know, definitely, definitely soon here. Would you stick with Gilbert? Would you let it ride out with, with Gilbert? Would you give Dalton a look? I mean, do you, what, do you see any chance the Cowboys can kind of, can kind of rally this thing together? Um, I think you let Dalton kind of play it out. You know, he's on a one-year deal anyways. Um, Got to get your money's worth in terms of that. Um, I do think – you know, let's just say if the Cowboys do win the NFC East, I think that'll be good for Dak because, you know, it kind of takes away the possibility of them drafting one of those good quarterbacks because their draft pick wouldn't be as high and they probably end up keeping him, paying him his money. So I think that's kind of the route that they're probably going to go if they win it. If they don't, um, you know, if they continue to lose games, and then I think that's when they start to take the draft into consideration. I mean, for you, it's got to feel pretty good that even with all the Cowboy injuries, they're not too far back because of, you know, how bad uh, your boy Wentz is and, and then, you know, obviously the Giants and Washington. It's got to feel yeah. pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, and the Giants I mean, you, are all- you, you and Jacob have been telling me for years Wentz, any, Wentz isn't any good. I thought he was okay, but he's just been hot garbage this year. Tovar, you agree, right? No, it's not even close. He's uh, I mean, that's another guy that I've always been like kind of – I know he had the big year, but – we were talking about earlier about Drew Locke. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I know he has the he has the arm. He has the big body. He looks like a quarterback, but I don't know what it is about Wentz. Um, I know the injuries. They always say the injuries that he doesn't have skilled players. I, I I just think you would see it with a question. I mean, just eye test. You would see if you think the guy is the future going to be like a a franchise quarterback. But I, I just don't see it with Wentz. I really don't. Dak. I see it with Dak. I, Dak's a baller. Wentz on the other other hand, I don't know what it is. I just don't see it with Wentz. Constantly turning the ball over, 
uh, dumb mistakes. I, I just don't see it with him really. I feel like Wentz t- took too many headshots back in like when he first started, and it kind I, of. I don't know. It's post. I mean, post injury, right? Post that ACL, he's been. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, he was the MVP of the league before he tore his ACL. Mm. So I remember we were in Vegas watching that. You know, when he took that yeah. sandwiched in uh, in L.A. Yeah, that was when. Uh, yeah, it was the Battle of uh, Goffin yeah. Wentz. Just to just to wrap up real quick, to, uh, Isaiah, on the NFC East. So, I mean, would you think the Eagles are just going to kind of squeeze it out? Would you see maybe the Giants? Do you think you Cowboys? I mean, I mean, gun to your head right now. Who would you, who do you see coming out of coming out of the East? Ultimately, I see the Giants coming out. I think they're the hotter team right now. The Eagles. I think can't, so too. Eagles can't really win right now. I think they're going to have a little problem with wins in the offseason too. Tovar, would you agree on the Giants? Especially maybe if they can get Saquon back. No, yeah, that'd be huge. Um, yeah, I'm like I don't feel comfortable saying any of these guys are going to win another couple games, but I'd probably lean Giants, especially after what we saw this weekend. All right, so Monday Night Football just wrapped up. The Vikings defeated the Bears, nineteen to thirteen. The Bears' chances are looking pretty, uh, pretty thin right now about making the playoffs, especially being in a wild card where the NFC it feels like there's a million six and three teams. But uh, just to read the playoff picture here before we get into our power rankings, let's start with the AFC, the four, uh, one through four. You have the Steelers at one, Chiefs at two, Bills at three, Colts at four, Steelers the only one getting a bye, and then five, six, and seven. The Raiders have the first wild card at five, the Dolphins, pretty surprising, at six, and then the Ravens have that last wild card spot. Now going to the NFC uh, up top in the – First seed, seven and two. Green Bay Packers are actually the number one seed right now. And then two, three, and four, you have the Saints, the Cardinals leaving the West right now, and then the Philadelphia Eagles in that four spot, the last divisional um, winner as of right now. And then five, six, and seven, you have Tampa Bay at five, the Rams at six, and then Seahawks at seven. So you have two of the three wildcard teams being – from the West, I think we both. I think we all feel pretty comfortable that two of those are probably yeah. coming from the I think West. Everybody's been saying those Bears. are those are probably the seven playoff teams in the NFC, right? No, I mean, I don't think because you have the Bears and the Vikings at yeah. Bears have five wins, Vikings and Lions both have four wins, and the Niners have four wins. But yeah, let's get into we're going to do our power rankings, Isaiah. I think we're going to have you go first as a as the guest of the podcast. Uh, yeah, floor is yours. Uh, what are your power rankings? Well, number five. We're doing one through, one through five, right? One through five? You do five through one, right? Oh, oh it doesn't matter. I'm yeah, just we'll do five teams. Yeah, we'll do five back. teams. All right. So, number five, we got Green Bay. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is having a career year this year. It's even a good season. Uh, number four, I got Arizona. They're pretty hot right now. They got Kyler Murray having the MVP season. I think they're good at number four. Number three. Got Tampa Bay. I think uh, Tampa Bay is looking pretty good. And then number two, I got KC. And number one, I got Pittsburgh. Okay. I got, I, got, I, got same, go I got the same five as you. Uh, I just got a little bit different order. Uh, I think Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay, as we call them, at number five coming in. Uh-huh. Again, you got Tom Brady. You got the talent. Uh, Antonio Brown had a couple catches this week. Uh, and then the next day, they, they report that he uh, took out a security camera and threw a bicycle. 
at somebody, I believe, right? Allegedly. So he's right on schedule with his three catches and two assault charges, it seems like. Um, at number four, I agree with Isaiah. I think Rodgers has been really good this year. They've had a couple stinkers, but uh, I think at the end of the day, I'm putting my money down on Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. I, I like what they're doing. I like their team. I like that I think when the weather's going to turn cold, if they can get that home field advantage. I like Aaron Jones. I like Williams, the other backup running back. They just signed Bakhtiari. They don't seem like they have too many injuries. Uh, knock on wood for them, but uh, I like them heading into the playoffs. At number three, I think you got to give credit to Arizona. You know, they've got some good wins, man, this year. They've got a win over Seattle. They could just won against Buffalo. I think Kyler's the MVP right now if you're really looking at it. One thing that I'm worried about with uh, with Arizona is Cliff Kingsbury. He hasn't really been the big moment. Um, Tovar, I think you can agree with this. I don't still don't know how he got that job and how he got that lucky. Yeah. But, um, hey, good for him. At number two, I do have the Steelers. Again, I haven't been too impressed with them. I really don't think they've got a really good win besides um, the win against the Ravens. Maybe you could say the win against the Titans. Um, again, I think they have unimpressive wins. And then number one, you still got to put the champs. You still got to put the Chiefs. But uh, I put the Chiefs on upset alert this week against the Raiders. So those are all my right. five. Yeah, my power rank is I have the Packers at five. Um, I think, yeah, we all love Rodgers. Uh, I think you had played a pretty good point there, Joel, talking about there. Right now they're in the one seat. If they're able to secure the home field event, I feel like they would definitely benefit uh, a lot more than some other teams. Um, I know their run defense is a little shaky. I know Dalvin Cook ran all over them. Couple weeks ago, they have put up some stinkers. Uh, number four, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I really like this Bucks team. I don't know what it is. I think it might be. So just, just, just uh, hear me out. I really love their new uniforms. I think they look freaking badass. Yeah, when I like I think the of, when I think about when I think about their orange uniforms, the one with like the orange trim last year, or just they've had for a while. It just makes me think of Jameis and throwing interceptions. Yeah. The creamsicles. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know, but uh, next we're I think we're I think we're gonna figure out a lot about them. They're playing a really good Rams team on Monday night, mm-hmm. and then number three, I think a lot of people would. Uh, I mean, you guys both didn't have the Saints. I was kind of surprised about that. Um, a team that's beaten a team they decisively beaten the Buccaneers, a team that I really like twice. They have that uh, tiebreaker over them. I think uh, the Saints are overrated. They're your power yeah. rankings. Never mind. I think they're gonna. I mean, I think they're gonna be fine. Without Drew Brees, uh, Jameis has to carry the load, but they do have Thomas back. Kamara's been a stud. I'll take uh, that bet if you want to make one. With what? I don't think the Saints are going to be fine. But how do you how do you think they were five and zero last year with Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, Ted, Jameis Winston ain't no Teddy Bridgewater, Mister Thirty for Thirty. I think, over there. I think something we might say is better. Then Jameis Winston better than Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I, I don't agree with you at all, but hey, it's your power rankings. You didn't interrupt me. I'm not going to interrupt you, even though I just did. Um, and then number, I think I'm at two. Yeah, number two. I would say you got to have the Steelers there. Um, they're actually the first team to start nine. Well, if you like the Saints, why don't you put them at number one? If you're so Mister Mister, you're Mister uh, Louisiana. Why don't you put them at number one? I, mean, I don't like them that much. I don't like them better than the Steelers. I don't like them better than the Mahomes. I think. What I think. Um, what I think. Uh, well, rankings. well, uh, um. <laughs> I don't even know where I was. You threw me off. Thank you for interrupting. But I was going to say, the, the, the first team to start, they're the first team to start. The defense, the Steelers defense, uh, they actually held the Bengals. They played the Bengals this week. They held them to 0 for 13 on third down. Well, it's the Bengals. for 13 in an NFL team? Joe Burrow? But uh, they're actually the first team since Cam, this guy going to. 
But Sorry, they're, the team, they're, the, they're the first team to start 9-0 since Cam Newton's. I feel like that was a long-ass time ago, five years ago. That's Ooh. crazy. The Steelers, 9-0. Who they beat? Who they beating? Well, they did beat your Ravens, no? Well, didn't I just they're, tell they're you undefeated. The they are undefeated. Have not lost a football game. They beat the Titans. They're no slouch. Help me out here. They ain't beating anybody. Steelers ain't um, any good, right? But number one, you got to have Can- Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to have a chance this Sunday night yeah. to avenge their only loss. I agree with you. There you go. Yeah, Mahomes, Mahomes, 25 touchdowns, one interception. What, what are we talking about here? You said that's what he had? What? Mahomes is 25 touchdowns, one interception? Yes. How is he not the MVP? <laughs> What? Well, they are coming off a bye, though, which might maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Ah, maybe 67%, 67% completion percentage. The defense has actually been pretty solid, too. Uh, like I said, getting the chance to avenge their only loss come Sunday night. Uh, Got to go with the champs. Um, okay, let, let's, do, let's do this right now. Let's do, let's do this right now. We're, we're all, we're all uh, as we're talking about this, the top of the NFL. Give me your Super Bowl prediction right now. I got mine. I'm, I'm taking Green Bay and the Chiefs. Just like right now, that. hey, we're just bullshitting. We're just talking. Green Bay and the Chiefs. That's me right now. Again, I think I think you can't doubt the champs. You just said about Mahomes, 25 to 1, 25 in, uh, touchdowns, one interception. And then I think if Green Bay can get the home field advantage, I think they'll make it out. Um, what do you think, Isaiah? Who, who, I just don't know what it is about the NFC. I mean, I, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Um, I would have said them. Um, yeah, I'll always say the Chiefs coming out of the AFC. I just don't feel good about the, that good about the Steelers or any other team. But the NFC, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what this. Obviously, you feel pretty good about them. Yeah, but like the the, the, the win. No, no, no. I already know your Super Bowl prediction. It's the Saints and the Steelers. That's it. Saints, Steelers. Oh, I said the Chiefs. The Chiefs. No, I, I, don't know no, I, think you, I think you're riding the Steelers. If you too. ask me, if you ask me, I think it's going to be Tampa Bay and the Chiefs. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to say the Bucks too, but. They lost twice. They, uh, they, you know, it's funny, but they actually play a couple of road games. They're going to have to win a couple of road games. What is that? They, uh, they play in a couple of weeks, Tampa Bay and uh, Kansas City. Do they really? Yeah, they play when uh, we're in Reno, Thanksgiving weekend. Do they really? Should be a good one. That's a Sunday game? Yep, Sunday what game, like 125. A... Holy shit. So. Okay, that's going to be legit. No, I'd like to see that, though. I, I just want to see – I'd like to see the Bucs make the Super Bowl. I think that'd be fun. That'd be cool. That'd be fun, right? In the stadium and everything? No, that'd be bad. The, the thing is, though, they, they've had the, the Buccaneers play a couple of night games, host some games, and yeah. I'm just not getting the vibe there. The pirate ship looks cool in the background. Yeah, it's cool, but it just doesn't feel like oh, a big game. Oh, you big game, you don't get the vibe that, that they It just doesn't do. feel like a big game. When you go to Kansas City or even if you go to, like, I mean, Green Bay or if you go to mm-hmm. Seattle. Can you imagine or, if Brady went to It feel one. like a big game. No, that'd be huge. Went to where? I said, can you imagine if Brady wins another one? Man, crazy. That'd be crazy. All right, now we're going to get into some listener questions. Joel, do you want to read them off? We tackle them one by one. Yeah, they're coming in. They were coming in hot and heavy, like again this week. Looks like some familiar names. Uh, let's just get it started again. Thank you for guys for the support. Anytime, uh, any Mondays, Sunday nights, uh, Saturdays, even. You want to shoot me or Tovar some fan questions? We'll try to get to them all. I know there's a lot of them. Um, from a recurring uh, uh, fan question, fan questionnaire from we got Mr. Jacob Campos. Isaiah, maybe this is maybe this is more of your uh, forte. What's your feeling about Ryan Reynolds and Rob Mc- McElnenny 
I don't know if I pronounced that right. Buying Welsh club Wrexham AFC. Positive impact for American soccer in the public eye? Yeah, that's. I saw. I read that today. Actually, um, I think it's actually pretty cool that you know, the United States is kind of getting involved in soccer clubs internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, I I also read somewhere that they're doing it for documentary purposes. I don't know if that's for sure, but that's just kind of what I read. Um, really, I haven't really been following Welsh football that much. I know Wrexham <laughs> has like a really long history. Like they're a pretty old club, basically. Um, I think that they're near Liverpool, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but yeah, I think it's pretty cool. So yeah, no, it's cool. Aren't these guys like League Five, or how, how does it work? Maybe explain. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I are they, are they know, eligible? Are they eligible like... for the Premier League, even though they're Welsh? I mean, does, is, where the where the hell is Welsh? Welsh, well, it's Wales is right next to England. It's a different country, but it's attached geographically. So I don't know if they're eligible for the Premier League. It's like New Mexico? New Mexico is part of the U.S. All right, it's like Hawaii is part of the U.S. too. Go on, sorry. Yeah, so I think... uh, My bad. (laughs) Look at a map. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Bro, I think it's cool. Ryan Reynolds, I know him. Who's Mikel Mik- Mik- Nitty? Is that a is that an author or a... he's the guy from the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. I don't think I've ever seen that show, but that that sounds cool. Um, no, good for them. Yeah, no, that that is that's a good uh, that's a good thing I think for the for the U.S. Obviously, you have the Glazers who own the Bucks. They own Manchester United. Um, you got uh, John Henry and in, in Liverpool. Uh, John Henry's owner of the Red Sox as well. So it's it's always a positive thing I think for American soccer. And another thing about American soccer, shout out to American soccer. You see that game today, there? I did. Six to two, baby. Sergio Dest. I'm play. talking freaking Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams. Uh, no, God. That, that... Gio Reyna. What's the striker's name? Yeah, it's like Gio Gio Reyna or something like that. Gio, um... Gio Fink. Yeah, Gio Finka or something. I yeah, love it, man. But... A lot of young talent. A lot of young talent in Europe for the U.S. I when that it. sub came in, though, Ledesma, he came in and had, like, two assists. He was pretty good. Did he? Yeah. Good stuff, man. I can't remember the last time I seen them score six goals, man. That's some good stuff. I, I like the future. Tovar, you got any thoughts on the fan question? Uh, No, I don't. I really don't. Well, thanks. I, I, can't, I can't even pretend to know what, what that meant. So, I read that they're League 5. So, I know, isn't League 1 the closest to the Premier League? No, it's championship. So it goes League One and then championship. And I think it goes, yeah, I think it goes League Five, Four, Three, Two, One, One Championship, championship and then Premier League. Can you can you comment? I think that's the way it goes. No. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Okay. Uh, oh, speaking of soccer, Isaiah, how are we feeling about them Quakes coming up? Hmm. That's gonna be a good one. Um, a little against the odds, you know, eight seed to a one seed. Yeah, eight seed to one seed. Um, yeah, I'm just happy they made it, man. They made a push. They they, they rallied together, and I made it. We trust, and, and I like it, man. I know you were telling me about Cade Cal. Yeah, Cade Cal, he's he's good. He's got a lot of promise. He's like 17, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's from, uh, he's from Siri. The, yeah, from the area, you said, no? Yeah, not too far from where I live right now, in Turlock. Um nice. Got Wando, yeah, the lead kind of got revigorated this year. Yeah, exactly. I like the squad we have. It's pretty tough to have him playing one o'clock on a Sunday. 
That's pretty rough. It's an East Coast-ish game, isn't it? Yeah, I believe it's obviously in Kansas City. So a 10 o'clock kick? Look, uh, that's a good question. Well, either way, we'll be rooting for him, man. We love our Quakes. And uh, shout out to our mate and the boys, man. We're, we're, we're behind you. We'll be watching. Yeah, I think it's 1 o'clock p.m. or PT Pacific time. Oh, really? So 4 o'clock Eastern time? Yeah. Just uh, All righty. Another uh, fan question coming in. They're coming in hot from uh, Mr. Richie Valens and his flying guitar, Richard M. Tovar. Again, thank you for the recurring fan question. This is two weeks in a row, I believe, from him. Here we go. How do you feel about penalties not getting called in certain plays because of the context of the play? Example, the wild card game in New Orleans when Kyle Rudolph clearly pushed off to catch the game when he touched down. A lot of people felt like it was a push off, but it didn't get called because it was a game winner. So pretty much what he's asking is if the, if a push off play like that happens in the playoffs, yeah. it doesn't get called. A call like that happens this week, it probably gets called, right? So what do you guys think about the difference between maybe a playoff call in the NFL and a yeah. call in the regular uh, season? Yeah, um, personally, I'm more old school, even like when it comes to basketball and comes to football, I think. When you get to the last two minutes, the last three minutes, I think you got to let them play, especially um, in basketball the last couple of minutes. Football, if you get the last couple of plays, I think it, uh, I like to let guys play and let it happen, it's, unless it's, like, egregious, like the uh, – like I guess everybody points to that P.I. in, uh, in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like to let them play. I don't like complaining about the refs. I, that's kind of where I am. I've always been a – don't complain about the refs the last couple of minutes of the game. Just be better than your opponent. Just be better. That's where I fall. Isaiah? Yeah, I'm kind of on the same side. Um, I don't think you should argue with the refs, but at the same time, I don't think the refs should be as tight with the penalties, you know, like calling every single play a a flag. um, I do think it kind of takes away from the game, um, definitely slows it down. Yeah, I think it's tough. I think obviously everybody forgets. I mean, I don't want to say forgets, but everybody always kind of overlooks the human element to to the NFL, I think. You, you got to look at it from from the rest perspective, and you know, obviously, I think you know a regular season week ten games, a lot different for a ref than you know a divisional playoff game. So it's just like the players, you know, the players probably take it a little bit more serious. You know, you could say everybody does the same job every week and they don't think about it, but they obviously do. You know, and obviously, I think all week the refs read about the same stuff the players do, how big the game is, and you know how it's going to be decided on one or two plays. So I think there definitely is an element to to kind of swallowing the whistle as they say in the bigger games. Um, obviously, we'd love consistency as fans, but that's just not going to happen. But I, I agree with you guys. I, I would, I like, you know, I err on the side of, you know, the less flags, the better. But again, like you said, sometimes, you know, it, it does happen in an unfair way with, you know, obviously, like you said, the Saints um, and the Rams a couple of years ago. I think the Saints and Vikings last year, you know, I think the Saints were on the other side of it. I'm sorry, on the same side of it last year, uh, again, with the Cal Rudolph push off. But again, that that's just something that I think people got to deal with, you know, when you get into the playoffs, you get into big games, uh, the refs do tend to swallow the whistle a little bit more. Uh, what's what's the, who's Good. the next one from? Yeah. Who's the next one from? Okay. Well, uh, you guys got your pound for pound boxing rankings. I got like three guys. So yeah, I'm thinking of the, yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, let's go, let's go with that. Good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, we got a new fan question from Mr. Josue Salgado. So Josue, thank you for the support. Um, another one of my Ravens gang buddies. I was also a U.S. men's national team fan, so I like that. Um, he's asking for boxing top 10 pound-for-pound rankings. Um, I don't know if we can get into pound-for-pound top 10, but maybe just give a couple guys that are on your radar, maybe your top three. Um, I will say that Terrence Crawford had an amazing performance this weekend. 
Uh, Nebraska's own. He's at the top of my list. Um, he knocked out Kelbrook, I believe, in the fourth round. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty big performance. Pretty nice performance. It was an ESPN fight, so a lot of attention. Um, I know he kind of stunned Kelbrook in the fourth, and then once he got him in, once he smelled blood in the water, he went out and finished him. So my my top three would be, um, I think you got to put the heavyweight king above the, t- the top, Tyson Fury, undefeated, just the one draw. Um, in February, back in February, he annihilated uh, Deontay Wilder. Really, any doubt that that first fight was a was a draw or anything? He really came out and made that performance uh, what he needed to do. Uh, he sucked. He was supposed to come back in December. Looks like they're going to push that back to late, early January, February 2021. Uh, number two, I have the guy right then and there, Bud Crawford, like I just mentioned. Uh, I think he's a killer, undefeated, another guy that's undefeated. Uh, just a killer out there, um, Nebraska's own. And then number three, uh, listen to this man's uh, – he's got a loss on his record, but I think it was a little bit of a controversial one. Uh, I still got Gennady Golovkin, triple tree at number three. I think number one, I have Canelo Alvarez, 53-1-2. and two. I think he – I'm not really sure if it's debatable. I think he is the best resume other than Manny Pacquiao right now, consistently fighting the best. Um, that huge Better than Fury? Two weight classes. Uh, yeah, I'd say. I'd say consistently. Um, especially, I mean, I, that's, what, that's actually why, too. I Tyson Fury at number two. So, wait, wait, time but just back to your one. I, I hate to interrupt, but back to your one. That That's new number one, or are you just naming three guys in order? No, in that's order? my number one. That's your number, number one. one. Solid. That's my number one. Yeah. Did you did you work when you work when you worked on your list? Did you work three to one or did you go one to three? Like was that just uh, your first spot or did you put three yeah. names on the list and then kind of order them? Uh, name no, I felt I felt good about I felt good about my number one. It's probably the best one okay. I feel about. And then number okay. two, I have Tyson okay. Fury, definitely the heavyweight king. I'd love to see him fight Joshua. That that fight's got to happen soon. And then number three, you know, I, I had trouble with three. I really did. I, I don't really. There's a lot of guys. A lot of guys. I'll, I'll push it to Isaiah and maybe circle back to me. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really tough with uh, coming up with a third guy. Yeah, so I got a few fighters. I'll go from from least to best, I guess. Um, number four, I got a guy, Triple G. I think he's uh, still got it, even though he's getting up in age. You know, I think he's still got it. Uh, number three, I got Tyson Fury. I think he's still one of those boxers that, you know, can definitely draw a crowd and can box with the best. And then number two, I got Anthony Joshua. Mm. They should just pretty much – they should schedule a fight already because it's going to be one of the best probably in pay-per-view. And then, of course, number one, I got my boy Canelo Alvarez. Best so that's it. You guys, you guys just both just have him at the top. It's not even a, Isaiah. Are you like Kovar? Where it's not even a question. You, you already had him penciled in. No, he he's the best boxer right now. I'm just being objective too. I mean, <laughs> oh, you're being objective. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you're being objective. This doesn't have anything to do with with uh, with your love for uh, the Golden Boy Oscar De La Hoya, and which again that that connection's a little bit sour now, but. Yeah, they're not even together anymore. So your your argument doesn't hold up. Sorry. No, no, it's not an argument. It's more of a question. I was just asking both of you guys. I don't know if you guys just put four names on the list and Canelo happened to end up on number one, or you guys talked about it before this and you guys didn't want to fill me in on your number one or anything like that. I'm just saying. No, because right now, I, I as I see it, it's like whoever he goes up against, I know he's going to win, and that's why I put him at number mm. one. Mm. Oh, we we can talk about it a little bit, but. 
Yeah, I'm really excited. He split with Golden Boy, split with his own. They might come back. Uh, Mike Coppinger, the athletic, he actually seems pretty confident he's going to be fighting by the end of the year. So I think that's really good. They're saying they're linking him with the zone. So I think that would be either that would either be Callum Smith, maybe. I don't think Billy Joe. I think Billy Joe's kind of talked himself out of it. It'd be Callum Smith, Billy so Joe. I, I, again, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it's uh, Callum Smith, Billy Joe, or I'm missing Sean somebody. Porter. But, no, no. <laughs> What were you gonna say? Uh, no, I just more have like a theory. I don't know. You got, you got. We can just bounce this off each other. So he he's trying to leave the zone, or he wasn't trying to leave the zone, but he had issues with the zone and issues with Oscar and all that, right? So can I just just I'm just gonna throw it out there. You guys tell me what you think. I think maybe his more issue with the zone was their want for him to fight Triple G again, and he doesn't want to fight Triple G again. What do you guys think? No, the, what what happened was that essentially, so essentially there was two different contracts. There was a contract with Golden Boy in the zone, and there was a contract with Canelo in the zone. And what happened was is Canelo and Golden Boy and Oscar they had an agreement where essentially they can go back and forth, but Canelo would have the ultimate waiver of who would he fight. And then, in a violation of the contract, he also signed away his uh, who he gets to pick to fight to the zone. So essentially, there was a conflict of interest. And I think what really happened was, and it didn't seem like really Oscar uh, pushed back on it a lot. I mean, he let him be a free agent. They only were in court for like a month or two. I think Oscar is going to be on the hook for paying Canelo because the way it goes, it goes, DeZone gives Golden Boy $40 million and then Golden Boy gives Canelo $36 million. So I think Oscar is legitimately going to be on the hook for the rest of that contract by violating it. That so you, so you don't think it was more the opponents that was the problem, it was the money? No, no, I, no, I just think it was. I mean, even before that, Canelo and Oscar, I think it was more so getting away from Golden Boy because I mean, we've heard every article you read with Canelo and Golden Boy, it was that they weren't even really talking, it was mostly lawyers and they didn't want to sit in the mm -hmm. same room with each other. And Canelo wanted nothing to do with him, but you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think you can make, I think you can obviously lead it, and this is an easy lead and an easy um, kind of dot. The dots are easy to connect. Obviously, Canelo signed a huge deal. Obviously, every every uh, every let me, fight. Let me, say this, let me say this. Let me say this. It was a ridiculous contract. Thirty-six million. Nobody. Mm -hmm. There's no boxer. And the thing is, the zone had to pay that to kind of get a foot into the door. They're trying to. I mean, they kind of what they were like. They swung the door and they kicked the door in. Yeah. They signed him. They yeah, signed, no, they they, signed they, Golovkin. They, they they're paying Golovkin. They're different. paying Golovkin sixteen million dollars a fight. That, that's crazy considering. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm with all of you guys. I think he's Golovkin's an incredible fighter, but. He's not a guy that's – I mean, I think his pay-per-view with Daniel Jacobs did like 200K buys and to pay that yeah. guy $60 million a fight. I think Canelo's closer. I mean, you know, and obviously, like I said, DeZone had to kind of swing the door in but to kind of establish himself in the market. But that's a, that's a crazy amount of money, $36 million but obviously, the, minimum. DeZone signs that deal and they, uh, they, you know, obviously expecting every single time that Canelo fights, it's sold out, it's pay-per-view, it's, you know, it's everything. Mm -hmm. I know even – they had that idea to fight him, fight that Japanese guy in, in you know, the Tokyo Dome, whatever it was, you know, again, just something to sign tickets. So um, at the end of the day, I mean, I think we, I think we all, I mean, again, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a Canelo hater. I'd more call myself a, a Canelo pest, pe, what, how do you say, pe, pessimistic about yeah, Canelo. I think, uh, I think he's a great fighter. Obviously I want to see him back in the ring um, and we'll see how this all plays out. No, I'm really excited. I was, the other thing I was going to say is like, 
I was kind of in the camp with you where you have Connor and this guy's not fighting consistently and you have his own yeah. and mm-hmm. Canelo and they're having their issues with Oscar. I'm just really excited. Hope he gets in the ring by the end of the year. Uh, I don't know what DAZN's going to do. Uh, I know they've given, given out ridiculous contracts and I know they've been having issues every arc already. They're having issues with, uh, especially this pandemic, um, when they're going off yearly subscribers or yearly uh, annual subscribers. Yeah, I don't know. Because I know people were saying that what they're going to do with that $36 million is they were so relieved that they weren't able to pay. Or that was like the, that was the like angle I was getting from, I listened to Chris Panic's podcast and Chris Panic's obviously being a own guy that own was relieved that they didn't have to pay Canelo $36 million, but I'm not sure way they were going to allocate it because I feel like you need people to watch your content. You need people to subscribe to your content. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm not really sure there's more of an established star. I mean, they do have Joshua, right? With Matchroom. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what Zone's going to do. I, I think Oscar personally is fucked. I mean, I think that might have, I know Isaiah's a big uh, big fan, but I think that might partially have to do with why there are rumors of him coming back to fight. I don't want to connect dots, but <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you think he needs the money? And he's gonna yeah, he, I mean, he lost his cash cow. He definitely lost his cash cow. <laughs> I think, and the thing is, Ryan Garcia, that's in Canelo's ear, they're best buddies. I think, I know he just signed the most lucrative prospect contract, but I don't think he's gonna be with Golden Golden Boy long term. That's like, yeah, Ryan Garcia's next, next too. I don't know why everyone's sleeping on it. It's like, he's a good boxer. No, he's in his next fight to me. That's gonna be a legit test. You know, Tiafimo Lopez, just throwing it out there. What about Devin Haney fighting Gamboa? Yeah. Devin Haney, well, yeah, well, there you go. It's the same he thing. Even, he couldn't even finish him. He's like 50 million years old. Coming off a torn ACL. Well, we'll move on. <laughs> All right, let's wrap up these fan questions. This is a good one. I, I really enjoyed this one. Again, from another frequent question asker. Does that make sense? Frequent question asker? I think so, right? Uh, just a recurring. Anyway, so yeah, a recurring, uh, a recurring, recurring, sort of three times. Recurring guest on the uh, the fan question part of the segment. Uh, okay, here we go. So there's been a lot of NBA talk this season, uh, this this couple last couple days with uh, the trade starting today. Here we go from Jacob Vaca Vaca Jacob, my uh, my little brother. Does NBA super team superstars teaming up ruin the league? Why does Harden and what does Harden coming to Brooklyn mean for Harden himself and the league as a whole? Obviously, it's been rumored James Harden wants out of um, uh, Houston trying to push his way to either Brooklyn was reported as high top on his list. And so was Philadelphia today was rumored reported, I guess when I read, when I got home that he turned down an extension from Houston, uh, pretty much signaling that he does want out. And, um, you know, like I said, Brooklyn and, and Philly are the two spots rumored. Tovar, you're, you're a big NBA guy. Shoot. Um, my, my first I guess my first initial thought was like, is this really going to happen? Because this feels like one of those things where you just pull up 2K, turn off the salary caps, uh, put on the put on the uh, forced trade. No, but honestly, I, I don't even know if that would even really work. I know we're kind of in this era where guys are teaming up. You had the Warriors. I mean, that was like some of the – I mean, we're not the biggest Warriors guy, but that was some of the most beautiful basketball I've ever produced, the way they used to play basketball. But – I'm not even sure if this will work, but Kyrie, Kyrie, he's kind of a knucklehead. KD, he's not the most, uh, I mean, he's had his run-ins. He has the whole Twitter rant. He had the um, the shouting match with Draymond that was, I mean, well covered. And then James Harden, another kind of a, I mean, the only thing, I don't want to make this like turning to this, but James Harden is a guy who has his jersey retired in a Houston strip club. Take that for whatever you 
want. Uh, but I don't even know if this would work. I, it'd be fun. It'd be cool. What? I said lucky him. Oh, right. Um, yeah, I don't even yeah, know if this would work. I, I didn't really buy much into it. I doubt it's going to happen. Why would Houston do this unless they're getting a boatload? But uh, I don't even know. I don't know who I want from. Yeah, well, the structure they've know. been talking about, they've been talking about is kind of three for one, maybe even four for one in some picks. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, um, Jared Allen, and I believe somebody else. I can't – maybe just somebody, a salary filler. Obviously, the did only Dinwiddie? real guy that you can make. Go ahead. Oh, I said, did you say Dinwiddie? I don't know if you're – yeah, didn't. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, Tony, I, Levert, I think, Allen. yeah, exactly. I think yeah, it would just be know. something for Houston to kind of, if, if Harden wants out, Houston can kind of get back the most assets they can get. Um, but the only real needle mover on that, I, I like Karis Levert. Um, how will it fit with with Westbrook? And if Westbrook stays after, I'm not too sure. But my only real thought is exactly what you said. It's something you know out of 2K that you know when you're a kid and you just want to. It's like an all-star team, really. You know how it'll work and and how it'll all play out. Who knows? But uh, obviously, James Harden and KD have the have their past history in Oklahoma City. Um, I, I'm not too sure. But again, you know what? As as a Celtic fan, it's hard for me to say this. But you know, all these super teams. I mean, everybody was saying the same thing as about the Clippers last year, and how how you know how good they were and the super team they formed. But at the end of the day, the top dog came out on top, and I think the best duo in the NBA, even with Harden and KD in in Brooklyn together. I still say the best duo in the league is AD and LeBron, and I think they proved it this last year. So I, I, you guys as Laker fans can comment on that. Isaiah, you, you probably feel the same way, right? Even with uh, Harden adding in Brooklyn, you would still put the Lakers at top, right? I would. And assuming all this is true about um, James Harden leaving Houston, if that's true, then it'd be similar to a, a new kid in Houston because they'd just be – completely devastated you know the, the Rockets would be a completely different team I don't think they'd ever bounce back to be honest I don't see I don't see Westbrook doing much um he doesn't have that same legacy as, as Harden does there um Anthony Davis and LeBron James are best duo on basketball they're gonna be in the conference finals again for sure and who knows might went back to back Tover as a Laker fan what, what do you think yeah, I mean, I'm pretty skeptical. I, I, like I said, I don't even know how this would work. Uh, I do like the way this Laker team is shaping up. Uh, I want to throw something to Isaiah. Isaiah, who would you be? Because I'm personally, I don't. I'm, I'm a guy that doesn't really. Um, I want to. I want to face the best. So if they played this team in the finals, I, I'd be high because I really wanted. Like I wanted them to play the Clippers. Who would you say would you be more excited uh, for them to play in the Western Conference Finals? Uh, a running, a running it back Warriors team is getting healthy, or the freaking Clippers. Um, you ask him who you want to see him beat more, right? Yeah, let's go with that. That's yeah, so the Clippers would be nice to see them beat, you know, just kind of shut everyone up once and for all. But for some reason, I feel like it would just be better. It'd be a better, like, legacy-wise with this run of championships if we beat the Golden State Warriors in the conference. I think that'd be an awesome series. And if they beat them, then that'd be pretty, you know, significant. No, that, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. That'd be huge because, like, right, you have the already LeBron versus Draymond versus Steph versus Clay. Like, it's Steve Kerr if you want to throw him in there. But that, I think that'd be really cool. Can you imagine the ratings on that, man? Jeez. No, that, that'd be bananas. You know, and then you get maybe even a Brooklyn LA finals or, you know, that, that, that'd be incredible too. So, oh, hey, Tovar, uh, uh, just quickly, uh, your thoughts on the shooter pickup. I love it, man. Shooter's one of those guys we talked about. Remember last year, I remember. 
a couple games last year, early in the season. I know the Pat Beverly Clippers game, and, you know, we talked about the Lakers not really having a dog on them. They got a dog right there, especially if they lose Rondo. Uh, oh, Schroeder, I think that's a big pickup, man. No, I know I you guys lose Danny Green. Uh, Isaiah, you see that too. What, what do you guys think as Laker fans? You lose Danny Green and, and a first-round pick late in, late in the draft, obviously, but you pick up a guy that I like in Schroeder. No, I'll go first. I was going to say that. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I was actually like for the last couple of weeks casually looking at uh, the big boards in the NBA draft going to like the 25 to 30. But yeah, I really like to pick up. You get a guy that's going to help you. Uh, if you draft this guy at 28, you don't know when this guy's going to be ready to play legit playoff minutes because that's where the Lakers are right now. They're ready to contend. I mean, that's kind of selling them short. But I like that they got rid of, I don't want to say I like that they got rid of Danny Green, but I don't think he was as good as I thought he was going to be, especially towards the end. But I think it's important that the Lakers got another shot maker, another guy that can create for himself. Rondo was kind of that towards the end, but, I mean, Danny Green, not really a guy that can do that. Caruso, not so much. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm i excited for it. Isaiah, did you see them pick him up? I did. I think uh, I'm a little disappointed that we're not keeping Rondo. I thought he was pretty good down the stretch especially. But, you know, thinking about it more, it's like, I don't think he's, he can repeat that. I think that was more of a lightning in the bottle kind of thing. And with this, with this new acquisition, Schroeder, I think he's, you know, he's younger. He's, he seems like a better shooter, and I think we'll get more out of him. No, just going off what I just want to go off what Isaiah was saying real quick. I know he's disappointed, but uh, just going into this whole offseason, I just feel like like the best teams in history have been able to buy low and sell high. I like Rondo. I, I mean, I've always criticized. I criticize him a lot during his like tenor, but uh, what he did in the playoffs was exceptional. It was better than I ever could really ask from the guy. So I think this is an opportunity where you buy low on a guy like Rondo. You're only paying him two and a half. Uh, a guy like I don't think Dwight's going to come back, but you had him bet minimum, which I was kind of surprised because they're saying that I, everybody's been saying KCP is due, and he he did play the hell of the finals. Uh, he probably one of the more consistent players during the playoffs, but they're saying he's due for a raise. He's already making $8 million a year. And it seems like pretty consistently people are saying that he is due for a raise. And Nick Wright was saying that more than likely that the Lakers are going to commit to him long-term at a raise of more than $8 million a year. But I mean, that would kind of go against what I'm saying about buy low, sell high. Yeah. But um, that's the, I mean, that what you're saying is kind of what, what the, the trouble Cleveland got into. You know, yeah, after that, Trisha and Jr. Yeah, huge contract to Tristan Thompson, huge contract to Kevin Love, huge contract to uh, Jr. Smith, Shumpert, and all those guys. So that's kind of what you're getting at with that. Mm, definitely. So, so if you I, could bring one of those guys back, you're bringing back KCP, I would assume. I mean, over, uh, over, over, over Rondo, over Rondo, over Howard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you probably. Want I think so. Isaiah, yeah, think? I, I just don't know he's gonna be able to be as good as he was. Yeah, that's asking a lot, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I can get over getting rid of Rondo. I for some I want I wanted to see Dwight Howard stay. I thought he was really good throughout the entire season. No, that was one, one of no. one of my favorite players on the squad last year or this year. And uh, hey, everybody loves a good comeback story, man. That yeah, for he brought, yeah, he brought that intensity. He brought that that you know he was like a good hype man too. I, I felt like he was good for the squad. Is there anything uh, else? Nothing else. Go Quakes. Thanks for Isaiah coming on. That was incredible of him to uh, yeah, thank you, Isaiah. Of uh, heck of a guest. Let it, let him know you guys uh, appreciate him coming on. But uh, I think we're going to finish up this podcast, wrapping it up. Uh, Joel just came up with this segment, Dog of the Week, D A W G, D 
dog of the week or kind of it's kind of like a shout out or pretty much something that maybe impressed you it's an um, impressive performance yeah, yeah somebody that's just being a dog somebody just yeah. straight up being a dog you know what i'm talking about no for sure uh just i mean he brought the segment with me right now last minute and i already had something in mind that i wanted to close it out with so i'm just gonna start with san jose state football four no Taking the Mountain West by storm. They beat the Rebels, UNLV Rebels, on Saturday night, 34-17. to 17. The mm-hmm. first time they've been 4-0 since 1955. I mean, I don't need to tell you. 1955 was a completely different world. But uh, <laughs> this Saturday, they uh, they, go on, they go on the road and play the 3-1 and Fresno State Bulldogs. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, that's going to be an incredible game. Four o'clock Great game. Saturday, what a game to bet on. Two-and-a-half line, the line? Yeah. You get the field oh, goal. Fantastic. Get the field goal. Uh, that's oh, a hell of a game, and I'm pretty sure they play Boise State next week too. So that's it's going to be huge. I don't know if it's home and away, but San Jose State they definitely deserve. It. It's exciting. It's probably the I think it's without a doubt the closest D1 school. Good man, man, they're getting busy up there. They're working hard up there. Shout out to them. Yeah, they, no, that, that is definitely a dog performance. Yeah, um, Joel. Yep, my dog of the week is is going to be a whole team. Actually, it's going to be a whole state. The state close to my heart. The Nebraska Cornhuskers, those guys at Penn State thought they can come in and beat us. But let me tell you something. Nobody, and I mean nobody, comes in to Lincoln Memorial Stadium on a fucking Saturday afternoon in November and thinks they can push us around. James fucking Franklin and all those guys at Penn State took home an ass whooping for the ages. For the ages. So happy, man. Shout out to my guy, Luke McCaffrey. It's the Luke McCaffrey era in Nebraska now. Christian's little brother, hell no. He is the man in the McCaffrey family. Luke, uh, Christian's been uh, hurt lately. Luke picked up the slack. I loved it, man. I loved it. Shout out to Scott Frost and all those guys, man. I know it's been a tough season so far, everything that's going on. No fans. I know it's tough for, for everybody in Nebraska. But, hey, we got ourselves a team, man, and we got ourselves a quarterback. Couldn't be happier. Definitely my dog of the week. Do you still want Wisconsin? I'd still love to get Wisconsin. I want everybody. Listen, listen, listen to me. I hope you're recording. Listen, I want everybody. I want Wisconsin. I want, a, I want a rematch with Ohio State. That game was closer than everybody thought. I want Michigan and Harbaugh. I want freaking anybody. Any, any, Alabama can come get it. Like I said, nobody comes into Lincoln Memorial and tries to beat us. Nobody. I'm telling you. Nobody. They can all come and get it. Oh, that was a that was a big – like you said, that was a big weekend. Big win. We Nebraska. needed it, man. We needed it. No, I didn't even no, touch on it, but honestly, that was a pretty impressive knockout when uh, took out Kelbrook. That, that that was good. That was yeah, quality. but Crawford, yeah, exactly. Hey, that, damn, thank you for segueing into that. That's my that could be my second dog of the week. The whole state of Nebraska, man, huge win on Saturday, then a huge win Saturday night with one of my t- one of the pound for pound best in the world, Bud Crawford, Nebraska's own man. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you for segueing into that. And then, like I said, as always, as we wrap up, anybody listening to this, man. Uh, just a shout out to you guys. Thank you. Thanks for the love and support, man. We've been getting it. Uh, any retweets, all the likes. Uh, hopefully, we'll maybe throw it up on Instagram in the coming uh, in the coming weeks. Still, probably want to work out the Kings, get a name, maybe get some merchandise like we talked about. But anybody watching, thank you guys. Or sorry, watching, listening. Thank you guys. No, all the retweets, all the likes, all the interactions. Very much appreciated. Um, anybody that takes time to listen to us, really appreciate all the feedback. It's uh, really cool to hear you guys hear from you guys. That's that's, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, that's going to wrap up our podcast. Same time next week. Uh, try to get this out tomorrow, Tuesday morning, but, uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up. Yeah. All righty. Thanks. Cheers.